You're listening to On the Right Road. Get ready to experience extraordinary real-life inspiration and discover valuable tools to help kids find and travel the right road in school and in life. And now, here's your award-winning host, author, singer-songwriter, producer, humanitarian, and founder of Right Road Kids, it's Paula Phillips. Right Road! Hello, everyone, and welcome to On the Right Road. I'm your host, Paula Phillips, and as always, I've got something good and positive and wonderful to say and share with you all this evening. Hey, I hope you're having an awesome summer so far. Uh, On the last show, we kicked off this summer's overall Right Road Thrive theme, and in continuing to think about how truly important that is in our lives to really have a sense in our souls that we're thriving, not just surviving, I think a big piece of that is, first of all, finding what we truly love doing and then figuring out how to really find happiness and success doing it. Success meaning, of course, however each one of us defines that in our own lives and that, that, you know, truly doing what we love and loving what we do is such a significant piece of what can bring our hearts and souls to the place of thriving. So as I've been thinking about this, we have scheduled the most amazing guest for tonight's show. Wait until you meet him, you guys. (laughs) I've been so inspired by his books, his work and really his vision for helping kids find their passion and success too. So the second I read his books and saw his website, I knew he was just the perfect guest for this evening. He's awesome. He's an Emmy-nominated screenwriter and New York Times best-selling children's author. And I'll introduce you all to him in just a few minutes. I, I just know tonight is going to be such a tremendous hour of uplifting and inspiration for us all. So welcome to each and every one of you listening. I'm just, I'm sitting here like shaking because I'm overjoyed you're here with me. As always, I just pray that tonight's program will be a wonderful blessing for you. And before we dive into all the inspiration that my guest is going to share, I would love to start with tonight's first awesome On the Right Road giveaway. And you guys, I'll announce all the recipients from all of tonight's giveaways on our Right Road Kids Facebook page this coming Tuesday afternoon. There are going to be at least 150 recipients. So I'll need an extra day to kind of draw the names and create the announcement graphics. So make sure to check for that exciting recipient announcement post this coming Tuesday afternoon. I'll post it on our Right Road Kids Facebook page right around 3.30 p.m. Pacific, and we'll get all the gifts from tonight's show out in the mail to the recipient teachers at their home addresses the weeks of July 15th and July 22nd. Mailing is probably going to take us two weeks since there's going to be so many recipients. And remember, you guys, that we're in summertime gift delivery mode now. Over the summer, we ship gifts to teachers at their home addresses, so nothing gets lost in the mail or in school offices You know, while, while campuses are closed. So again, make sure to check Tuesdays big announcement post on our Right Road Kids Facebook page, especially so you know how to respond to receive your gift if you're a recipient. So here is tonight's first On the Right Road giveaway. Of course, it's open to all educators in the U.S. listening to On the Right Road right now. And first, for those of you who might not be familiar, if you're new to On the Right Road, I want to make sure to mention tonight's code word, which is the word succeed. Okay, so what you're going to do, if you're not familiar, go to our Right Road Kids Facebook page. Don't just wait for it to scroll down in your 
personal feed, actually go right to the page. And then when I announce each giveaway, it's going to pop up right there for you. Just make sure to refresh the page, okay? This one isn't up yet because I haven't explained it. Then just follow the simple entry guidelines in the giveaway post. Plus, make sure to, in each of your entries, type that code word succeed, okay? Because that lets us know that you're officially listening and it officially enters you, okay? So for this first giveaway tonight, I have 10 classroom decor gift packages and each gift pack will come with at least seven of the wonderful resources that will be pictured in the giveaway post all to help you bright you know bring brightness and positivity and color to your classroom to help your students and you thrive and succeed in the school year to come and I know you guys spend so much of your own money on your students in classrooms and I just thought this would be such a fun way to help give you a boost in your planning and you know take a bit of that stress off your shoulders for the coming school year so there will be 10 teacher recipients and each will receive one of the fantastic classroom decor gift packs okay so to enter just go to our Right Road Kids Facebook page right now as you're listening. Just follow those simple entry guidelines in the giveaway post. And again, remember to type tonight's code word SUCCEED as part of your entry comment. It's going to pop up right at 5.08. So just hit refresh right at 5.08 and that giveaway will be right there for you on our Right Road Kids Facebook page. This one's going to be open until just after the end of the show, till 6.30 p.m. Pacific, 9.30 Eastern tonight, and we'll announce the 10 recipients on our Right Road Kids Facebook page this coming Tuesday afternoon. Um, tons of thanks, oh my gosh, you guys, to Nair and the Southern California DCH Honda, Toyota, Lexus, Ford, and Audi car dealerships and their wonderful support companies for helping to make this terrific giveaway possible. And this is just the start of the tons of awesome giveaways I'll have throughout the show for you tonight. Hold on to your hats, you guys. <laughs> I think you're going to be doing happy dances when you hear all the giving that's to come this evening. So again, keep our Right Road Kids Facebook page close and ready. And just a quick note that if you're not listening live tonight, we're live Sunday, June 30th. Tonight's giveaways will, of course, be closed after that. So now, you guys, I am absolutely thrilled to introduce you all to my very special guest this evening. Jeff Rodkey is the New York Times bestselling children's author of the Tapper Twins comedy series, the Story Pirates Present Stuck in the Stone Age comic novel, which is complete with this awesome how-to guide for kids to write stories of their own. He also authored the Chronicles of Egg Adventure Trilogy, and most recently, the awesome and so insightful We're Not From Here science fiction kids novel. Jeff is also the Emmy-nominated screenwriter of wonderful family films, including RV that starred, oh my gosh, the beloved Robin Williams, and Daddy Daycare with Eddie Murphy. He also shares fantastic motivational programs at schools, and I've noticed that a big part of what he focuses on through everything that he does is inspiring and helping kids succeed at doing what they love. And I know he's just going to be such an inspiration for all of us this evening. So I'm thrilled and really honored to introduce you all to Jeff Rodkey. Welcome to On the Right Road, Jeff. Thanks very much. I'm glad to be here. Oh, you're welcome. And (laughs) I didn't really tell Jeff about this as a fun way to start, but sometimes I do this with authors that kids, I think, um, really are going to love what we're going to talk about tonight. So if it's okay, Jeff, I'd like to start with what I call a lightning round. I'm going to ask you 10 questions and like just 
share the first thing that pops into your mind. And, and just before the show, Marcy and I were talking, and I thought, you know what? If Jeff answer these, answers these in two minutes or less, so we got two minutes, Jeff, I'm going to add even more giving for teachers tonight, okay? So you ready? You buckled down for this? Okay, so that's, <laughs> that's, not, two, that's not two minutes per question. It's two minutes no, total. No, right? two minutes for all okay. ten. Okay, okay, all right, gotcha. here we go. Marcy, you got the t- okay. She's got the timer. Here we go. On your market set, go number one. What's your favorite color? Blue. What's your favorite sound? <laughs> uh, Led Zeppelin two. Oh, I love it. What's your favorite place in the world? Kuchara, Colorado. Oh, I love it. What's your favorite thing to do in the whole world? <laughs> oh, that's a I'm tough t- one. Uh, the hard thing, the concept of favorites as you get older, I've, I've found has kind of has faded away. Let's just go with sleeping. Oh, wow. Oh, my gosh. That's like teenage kids, right? Well, I do <laughs> okay. it every day. <laughs> well, and I, we got to get all these in two minutes. Okay. What, what was your very first job? Delivering newspapers in Freeport, Illinois, where I grew up. I love it. Now, okay, how old were you when you wrote your first story? I would have been in sixth grade. I think it was a, I think it was a school assignment or maybe it was a contest. I can't remember which. I love it. Now, okay, here's the next question. How old were you when you got paid to write something and what was it? I think it would have been... An episode of the TV show Beavis and Butthead when I was Oh, my gosh. Remember that? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, those were the days. That was like 1993, 94, somewhere. Oh, my gosh. So now, how many books have you written total? Nine books. Now, do you have any kids personally? Yes, I have three. And last question, what is a dream of yours that you still have yet to accomplish? Because you've accomplished a lot of things. I would say some, writing something that I am both uh, creatively completely satisfied with uh, that is also commercially successful. Oh, that's awesome. And I know that especially for writers, it's like, and any artist, you know, you want to create something from your heart that really represents you, right? And then to, to have it be beloved by other people is just the icing on the cake. I love that. That's awesome. I don't know if we made the two minutes. Two minutes, eight seconds. Yes, it counts. Yes, it counts. I'm adding extra giving. I love it. Okay. Oh, good. So you you did something grand here to help other teachers. This this is going to be so fun tonight, Jeff. So really continuing along this vein of really getting to know you and your work and your heart, how did you become a writer? I mean, was that always your passion, the thing that you loved and wanted to find success at doing? Well, it depends on what you mean by always. I think, you know, when I was five years old, I wanted to be a veterinarian. <laughs> uh, but, but then I did later turned out I was allergic to both dogs and cats. Well, so that's Yeah, that kind of closed off that career path. <laughs> um, and then, you know, like I said, I think I was, I was in about sixth grade the first time I wrote a story, and I remember getting, getting positive feedback on, on it from my, from my English teacher, and for some reason, I don't, I don't remember the story, but I remember the feedback, if that makes oh. any sense. 
And well, and that's and then, that, Oh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Well, what I was going to say is that's so perfect for all of our educators and parents listening tonight for you to say that. Because with all the popularity you've had with your screenwriting and your books, to know that what you remembered was what one teacher told you, the feedback. Oh, my gosh. I, goosebumps, right? So what else were you yeah, going to say? Yeah, well, it was, it was Mrs. Shankland in the sixth oh. grade. And I, 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 I have a very strong visual memory of, like, we were in the library and she kind of took me aside and said, hey, that, that, you know, I really, that story was really good and I'm submitting it to... Uh, and it was, I think it was some sort of an Illinois, uh, like, statewide kids' writing contest. Wow. And, yeah, that was very, um, and, again, the funny thing is I have, I have no recollection of what the story was. And, and I, didn't, I didn't write anything else until I started writing for my high school newspaper. And that yes. was the really formative thing that made me want to become a writer. Uh, and, awesome. and the reason for it was I was... I, I, I sort of, I, I had, you know, when I first started writing for my school newspaper, I would write kind of the same stories everybody writes for their school paper, which is like articles about scholarships that are so boring that even the kid who won the scholarship doesn't want to read the article. <laughs> uh, but one day there was a, we, we, we had a deadline and we were, we, we were like an article short. And, and we just need, literally needed to fill the space with something. And I, and I wrote like a, uh, a comedy piece about, like it was, you know the you know the the uh, Roadrunner and Coyote Looney Tunes cartoons. Yes, yes. So it was it was an article that was basically the premise was like, why can't just once the coyote win and and catch <laughs> kill and eat the Roadrunner and you know like just one episode why can't that happen and and it ran just to fill the space in the newspaper and the the the, the literally life changing thing that that came out of that was. When it came out in the newspaper, kids came up to me in the hallway and they were like, "Hey, that thing you wrote, that was really funny." And and it was getting that it was that feedback again that was like that was the thing that was motivating. It was such a great feeling that I just wanted to keep doing it over and over again. So literally, I think I think every month for the rest of my school high school career, and that was like I was a sophomore. Like every month, I would write a, a humor piece in the in the newspaper. I, I just, just I love just so, to try to get that feedback. Yeah, yes, and you know it's so interesting because I had a similar. I, I don't want to go on about me here, but I had a similar experience with music. Uh, I had one teacher that really, uh, a junior high teacher that really supported and was like, "Wow, you have a talent for writing songs." And I played one of the songs that I wrote at a concert. He asked me to, and after that, my life changed. It was the same feeling going down the hall. Oh my gosh, that was awesome! You know, all the kids, and it just again, it goes back to that one teacher for you. That that really, oh my, this is powerful stuff. So now before, before too much time zooms by here, Jeff, because this is going to go by in a blink of an eye, I want to make sure I, to, to ask you about some of your books, if that's okay. And I want to start oh, sure, with the absolutely. Tapper Twins series. Um, um, they, they were New York Times bestsellers, and they're written in this unique, wonderful way, which I, I mentioned this to Jeff before the show. It's one of the things that I love about your writing. It, it has this like twist that I've not quite seen from other authors before it's just so innovative and really in tune with the times and so how did the tapper twin series come about specifically that was that was the second uh children's series that i wrote and and i, and I have i have three sons and they're they're a little older now the uh, uh the youngest is now 14 but when i started writing children's books the oldest was 11 okay and by the time i wrote the tapper twins i think i had like a a 13-year-old and an 11-year-old and an 8-year-old. 
and my 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 eleven year old hated to read. And, and oh. when, I, when I wrote my first book series, which was it was the Chronicles of Egg series, and they were they were sort of adventure they were adventure comedies. They were a little a little bit like Rick Riordan, but they were it was a it was a pirate story that was set in a kind of a fictional universe, kind of like the Caribbean in the 1700s. And uh, and my son, my middle son, was like, "Do I have to read these?" Oh. I was like, well, "Well, I wrote them," and he's like, "I know, but they're just you know." <laughs> I just, it, it was like, there, and there was a copy, there was one, it was the second one, because I dedicated each one to each kid, and, I, and, and I, I got the second one right before we went on vacation, and he said, do I have to bring it with me, because I just want to have fun on vacation, and it was heartbreaking, <laughs> um, but he just wasn't the kind of reader, he wasn't the kind of reader who wanted to read a 300-page book with no pictures, right. and so when I set out to write my second book series, which was the Tapper Twins, I wanted to write something that my kid who hated to read would want to read. So, um, you know, we were, he was at that point, he was, he was 11 or 12 years old. He lived in New York city. And I was like, okay, this has to be about an 11 or 12 year old kid who lives in New York city. It has to have very short chapters. It has to have a lot of visual illustrations. And, and that's, that's because that's the only kind of thing that's going to appeal to him is something that's, that's literally about him but that is also funny, but is also incredibly easy to read with a lot of visuals. And that's, that's kind of where the Tapper twins came from. And, well, and, and you, I'm actually, you, I'm very proud to say it was actually successful. He, well, first, the first thing that happened when he read the first draft, uh, he got about 10 pages into it and he slammed it down and he said, you're making fun of me. Oh, I, well, I, I don't know what you mean. This is a, it's a fictional character. And he goes, no, no, no. Page 10. I did uh, that. I did that. And you put it in a book and I was like, okay, uh, you know, I yes, I, I did. And, and but then he went back to it, and he literally he read I think the entire book in in like one or two sittings. Yes, and he, that's and he what came I out did. Of his room when he was done. Well, and that's uh, the and thing he, and you he didn't. Said, When's the next one? See, and you didn't compromise your writing style with needing to meet that goal. That's what I love. And exactly what you shared is exactly what I got out of it for me as an adult. And then saying, oh, yeah, I can totally see any any kid just totally enjoying this book. So, for, And I'm sorry I'm going to zoom ahead here because I want to make sure we get to cover all of your books. From sure, everything no I've read and seen, Jeff, I mean, you clearly want to help kids find and succeed in their passions. And a wonderful example of this is your Stuck in the Stone Age book, which is it's actually based on a story idea from an 11-year-old boy. And from what I understand... This book is the brainchild, so to speak, of a group you're involved with called the Story Pirates. So what or who are the Story Pirates, and what's the vision there? The Story Pirates, are this, they're this great organization that's they're based in, in New York and Los Angeles, but they, they tour and they, they visit schools all over the country. And they were started by a group of, of improv comedians, and and the, the the idea behind them is they they were they started as a nonprofit sort of arts education group and the idea okay. behind it was that they wanted to bring kind of kids creative ideas to life so w- they would visit schools and before they would visit the school they would have kids write stories and submit the stories to them and then they wow. would, they would turn the kids creative stories into these partially improvised um, but sometimes actually prepared well in advance like. In like stage productions, uh, which and with you know which which had not just like acting from professional actors, but like music, and it was it was literally it was a way of of, of taking a kid's creative idea and and bringing it to life in front of the kid. Oh my gosh! Uh, which I, was just a 
Yeah, it's a fantastic idea. And, and so I, I wound up getting involved in them because they wanted to kind of distill that idea into a book. And it's now become Ugh. a series. It's called The Story Pirates Present. And the book I did, Stuck in the Stone Age, was the first book in the series. But uh, there's a second book out now by a very talented author, Jacqueline West, who wrote the books of Elsewhere, uh, which were New York Times bestsellers. And, and she did a mystery story, and, and Stuck in the Stone Age is a, uh, is a science fiction kind of comedy. But they're both, they, they both began with ideas from 11-year-old kids. Actually, in Jacqueline's case, I think it was like an 8- or a 9-year-old girl. And in my case, it was an 11-year-old kid named Vince Boberski from Memphis, Tennessee, who was a, a fan of the Story Pirates podcast. And in the podcast, they solicited ideas for the book, and you know, a bunch of kids sent in... Uh, stories and story ideas, and we took sort of the you know we took the one that was basically the most adaptable into a full length book, and then I wrote the full length book based on this sort of eleven year old kid 's idea and then the other th- part of it was because the story pirates are now also sort of they, they also teach creative writing education there's there 's a whole back end of the book called the Story Creation Zone which is uh, sort of a step by step guide to building your own stories if you 're a kid. Which, and it's you know, awesome. If I had it when I was a kid, would have been enormously helpful. Yeah. Yes. It's great. Yes. I mean, it. I mean, it's just so teachers. If you're, if and parents, Jeff spells his name G E O F F, and his last name is Rodkey, like Rodney, except Rodkey, R O D K E Y. Um, check this out. Stuck in the Stone Age, the Tapper Twins, and the next book I want to ask about is his most recent. But, oh my gosh, kids, th- these are just gems for. Oh, I, I can't say enough. I, and I don't want to go on and on here without asking you another question because I, I just want to make sure we get through everything here. But I just can't say enough about these books, you guys. I've read them. I mean, I, I just couldn't put them down. I cover to cover. So your most recent book, Jeff, is called We're Not From Here. And like all your books, it's it's this page turner. It's incredible. And what, here's kind of a little aside. When I'm going to have an author on the show and when I feel the books are something that I think my son might like to read or may have an insight about, I ask him to read them. He's 14 now, and he read We're Not From Here in two nights. The first night, he stayed up until about 3.30 in the morning because he didn't want to put it down. And then I read it in an afternoon and felt the same way. It's a youth book, but I think it's something that everyone should read. So first of all, um, what prompted you to write We're Not From Here? It's so, so special. The place that came from, uh, pardon? It's so special. It, uh, oh, thank you I'll so let much. you. I'll let you explain it. Yeah. So where that came from it, in the in the fall of 2015, I was you know I I, I do a lot of school visits uh, in um, when I'm promoting books and also when I'm not promoting books. But I, I was out in I was I was in Wichita, Kansas, uh, visiting schools, and and I grew up in a town in in northern Illinois uh, called Freeport that felt sort of demographically like it was fairly similar to to what Wichita would have been. And 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 the thing that re- that struck me about Wichita was it, it's it's become and I don't know how recently this happened but it's become a much more diverse community. And in, in one of the schools I visited there were these uh, there was this little cluster of like it was like 9-year-old Muslim girls in headscarves. And and I saw, I saw them and I was like this is it that's awesome because the melting pot that I was always taught when I was growing up in schools that America was which was this this nation where it doesn't matter what your religion is or what the what your nationality is or your ethnicity, we all come here and we all become Americans. 
Right. And, and America's open to everybody. And that was a really powerful message that I, I was taught in schools growing up. But, you know, but the, the, the ironic thing about it was that, you know, my hometown was not necessarily that diverse when I was growing up. So there, there weren't, for example, like, I don't, I don't know that there was a, a house of worship that was non-Christian. I, you know, we didn't even have a synagogue. And, uh, and, and to see that, like, Wichita, Kansas now had, you know, it, 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 it had clusters of Muslim girls and headscarves. I was like, wow, the melting pot is actually, you know, it's, it's really manifesting. Yes. And I thought of that as a positive thing, but, but then literally the, the, day after I, the day I was flying home from that trip, uh, there was a series of terrorist attacks in Paris, France. And, and they were committed by, by, by Islamic radicals. Uh, and, and, and that was followed by a terrorist attack in, in San Bernardino, and that was followed yes. by a presidential candidate suggesting that the solution to this was just to ban all the Muslims from coming into America. And, and that struck me as something that was just a, a, a deep violation of what I understood it meant to be American. And, and, and as, I, as, I, as these things kept happening, I kept thinking about those little girls in Wichita, those little Muslim girls, because if, if, they, if they grew up, you know, if, if I had gone to school with them and, and there had been terrorist attacks committed by Muslims in, a, in, a, you know, in an environment where not that many people are Muslim and, and people, don't nece- people don't necessarily really understand that, like, you know, Islam is a religion of, like, there's a billion or more followers of it worldwide, and 99.9% of them are incredibly peaceful. People don't necessarily have that, that knowledge, and if there's, if there's political leaders saying, no, this entire religion is the problem, those kids are probably going to get bullied and picked on. And right. for something that, they're, that are, they're completely innocent of. I mean, these girls, you know, these little girls in Wichita had nothing to do with terrorism. Well, and, and the, that's the, what the you... That's, that they would get... That's yeah, what you, no, that's what you did with this book, is that it's written in a way where kids aren't going to... Everything that you're talking about right now is incredibly serious. But the book is written in a way where it happens in, in outer space. And so kids aren't going to necessarily put two and two together about all the real-life politics. But this can be used as a tool in schools... Oh my gosh, it is so perfect for kids to understand everything that you just talked about in a way that allows them to internalize it and understand it without feeling overwhelmed and scared by it. And so well, Jeff, and I can't it, And it was yeah, go no, ahead. Well, I, I, I want to ask you so much more about this. I have so many questions for you, and I, I just really want to pick your brain also about how you feel teachers and parents and kids can really succeed at doing what they love. But first, I want to make sure that we have time for this giveaway, and it's really in your honor, Jeff. So I'm sorry I'm kind of cutting you off here. We will talk more about this as soon as I finish this. But you guys, this is so special. This is giveaway number two for tonight. It's open to all educators in the U.S. listening to On the Right Road right now and on a personal note of introduction to this giveaway um, as I've said here over and over tonight Jeff is an extraordinary writer for today's youth his books are different like I said than anything I've ever read before they're awesome and this latest titled we're not from here like I just said is a book that I feel every young person should read and as I shared I think everyone should read it and for younger grades I feel that this can even be one of those teacher read aloud in the classroom books one that kids won't be able to wait to hear what happens next you know even even 
six, seven, eight-year-olds, you know, and the discussions, like I said, you can have that relate to the challenges happening in our world today are so pertinent and important. We're, we're, we're going to talk more about this book coming up in a few minutes, but all of Jeff's books are amazing, and I'm so happy to share that I have 24 of them to give here tonight. I have 11 of his Tapper Twin books, four of his Stuck in the Stone Age books, and thanks to his publisher sending five additional copies, I have nine We're Not From Here books. So there will be a total of 24 recipients as part of this one giveaway, and each will receive one of Jeff's awesome books. And to enter, just go to our Right Road Kids Facebook page right now as you're listening. Just follow those simple entry guidelines in the giveaway post. Remember to type tonight's code word SUCCEED as part of your entry comment, even if you included it in tonight's earlier giveaway. This one's going to pop up right at 531. So right at 531, just refresh our Right Road Kids page and it will come right up there on Facebook for you. And this one's going to be open until just after the show, till 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 Eastern tonight. And we'll announce the 24 recipients on our Right Road Kids Facebook page this coming Tuesday afternoon. Great big thanks to Random House for donating five of the books and to Lori Stinas and her Keller Williams real estate team for also helping to make this wonderful giveaway possible. And Jeff, I'm sorry to have cut you off before. I know that it was so important for you to, to talk specifically in depth about We're Not From Here, your most recent book. Is there anything else in, you know, in particular regarding this particular book that you'd like to share with everyone? Well, it, it actually occurred to me we, we didn't describe uh, the story itself. Uh, and because you know, the, the issues about sort of Muslim immigration uh, are totally subtextual. And the, the, the story itself is about a family of humans who immigrate to an alien planet after Earth gets destroyed in a nuclear war, uh, only to discover when they arrive in the planet that the aliens who invited them have changed their minds about opening up their planet to a species that, you know, like, like the human race did, just blew up its home planet. So, so the, the humans in the story have to deal with, with scapegoating and, you know, and propaganda about what humans are like that is completely inaccurate as it applies to that family. Um, and this is, all, this is in the context of a story that, again, it, you know, and, and, and you mentioned this, it's really important to, to stress that, like, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's actually a kind of a fun story for kids to read. Yes. It's, it's, it's exciting. It's funny. And a lot of kids, my youngest son in particular, will read this entire book without ever questioning whether it has any relevance to the real world and contemporary right. events. Like, That's how I felt. That, that connection, yeah, to get at that connection to what's going on in the, in the world today, it really does require that a teacher or a parent kind of discuss it with them and sort of draw it out because they're, it, it's so subtextual in the story because fundamentally I was trying to write a story that was entertaining for kids right. and it could stand on its own terms even if you didn't think anything about the political context. Well, and it totally uh, does. That's what I love. And that that's why I was saying, you know, parents and, and teachers can sit down and you can get to all these discussions. It's just such a door opener for all of that without being stressful for the kids or, you know, without them feeling this weight of the world on their shoulders. You know, that that's what I love. And, and Jeff, from your website, I saw that, and you mentioned this earlier too, that you do school visits, which I think is another sign that you really have a heart and desire to empower youth and to help them succeed in doing what they love. And this is something that really struck me in a wonderful way. And I'm going to read it here from your website. I'm going to quote for a second. Quote, hopefully by the end of a school visit, 
the kids will not only have learned something about writing, but have also been inspired to pursue pursue goals of their own. Because in my life experience, if it's proven anything, it's that you don't need to be born in the right place or know the right people to be able to succeed at whatever it is you love doing. I I mean, that right there, along with your books, Jeff, I I called Marcy up and I said, please, can you schedule him to be on the show? Um, So I really, I'm sorry to kind of push things along here, but I want to make sure that we have time to cover everything tonight. And I I want to pick your brain, Jeff, in your opinion, I want to start, if it's okay, first about adults and teachers and parents. In your opinion, how can adults really come to find success and happiness doing what they love? I mean, with obligations and bills to pay, it's not always easy. And I'd just love for you to share your your advice for anybody out there feeling like the light is dimming in their life and, you know, how do I do what I love and find success at it? What's your what's your advice for that? Oh, holy cow. That's a tough That's a big one. one. <laughs> it is. Uh it's well. I'll, I'll I'll say this, which is the the thing that I've discovered, and I I this is this is something that I you know I'm saying this as a 48 year old, and I don't think it's something that I would have even at 40 I I, I necessarily would have really understood. Uh, the real value I've gotten out of life is is actually is the services that I can provide to other people. Yes, it's not like like the. I'm a much happier person than I was like 10 or 15 years ago. And a lot of it is because 10 or 15 years ago, I was actually much more concerned with external markers of career success. And, and there was a point at which I, I, I sort of, you know, I had some life experiences that led me to kind of recontextualize how I approach, you know, not just both my personal life and my, you know, my life is sort of a, a, a citizen and, and a neighbor um, and, uh, and also my professional life, which is to, to try to think, when it, regardless of what I'm doing, uh, not about like, what I can get out of a situation, but what I can contribute to a situation and how I can kind of add value to other people's lives. Oh, my and, gosh. And I mean, I feel like been, we're going to be friends for life thing. here. Go ahead. Yeah, no, but that, that's really, I, I mean, honestly, and, and it's true for, you know, because I've... Uh, I'm, you know, I still have a full-time job as a writer, but if I spend if if I spend time thinking about like, well, you know, how many books am I going to sell? I very quickly right. get miserable. <laughs> right. But if I think about what is, you know, what is what's in this book that's gonna that that's gonna help somebody, even if it's just that's gonna make them laugh and you know, and give them a little bit of of respite from whatever's going on in their life, and give them a little bit of entertainment. If I can recontextualize what I'm doing as how am I? How am I helping somebody else, and how am I adding value to the world? Uh, everything just goes much, much easier. Oh my gosh! What a I mean, what a nugget to share. Uh, that's beautiful. I mean, so so now, how can all of us as parents and educators best teach this life lesson to our kids? You know that doing what you love and what's in your heart. And putting that out into the world, sharing it with the world, is going to lead to their greatest happiness and success. How can we as adults best, in your, in, in your opinion, best teach that to our kids? I that's know that's another biggie. <laughs> that's a tough one, and particularly because, you know, I, uh, as a parent, I, I sometimes struggle with this. How do I motivate my own kids? Right. And, and in some respects, you know, it's... It, it's 
it is so much easier. Like I have a kid, I have one of my sons is a skateboarder and, and loves to skate and, and, and basically lives for it. And that is not something I ever would have chosen for him, but it, it's, it's the thing that really gives him joy in life. Yes. And, and what I realized was like, you know, rather than being like, but wouldn't you rather, you know, be on the debate team, which is what I did when I was a kid? Yes. I, you know, what I had to do was actually support what he really wanted to do. It is, it's, it, it's so much easier to, to support somebody in doing something that they want to do than in, you know, trying to motivate them to do something that they don't want to do. Yes. And, and I don't, and, and, and so a lot of, I mean, I think a lot of parenting and a lot of teaching probably by extension is, is trying to help a kid find the thing that, that, that they're good at. Yes. That they really love to do. And, and that, was the, that was the experience I had as a writer was I didn't, it wasn't until I did it that I re, and, and that I got feedback for it that I realized I was any good at it. So, you know, you have to try a lot of things when you're younger to just to figure out what you're good at. Yes, and uh, and and the the other thing the other thing I think that is important in tr- in in motivating people that that kind of gets short shrift sometimes is uh, it's not always easy. Like the, you know, it, it, and and for for example, like to say you know do what you love. First of all, it's it can be hard for kids to figure out what they love. Like yep. really hard. And and yes. sometimes there's not that much. And particularly in 2019 when it's so easy to just turn on YouTube and just get, you know, hypnotized by just the stream of content that's coming through your screen. Right. Uh, it's very hard to find, to, to motivate kids to try to, to try to help them find something that they love, that they want to do that is stronger than the pull of all of the other distractions, you know, in, in, in society today. So, so that's a little challenging. And the other, but the other thing is when they, once they find the thing that they like, uh, they can't be afraid to fail at it. Like this, this yes. is one of the things I really try to stress in my school visits is like failure is a really important part of the process. You screw things up all the time, especially when you're, I mean, you, you know, sometimes you screw things up after you're doing them for 20 years, but particularly when you're starting, failing at things is how you learn how to do better. And like right. you know, when I said I wrote articles for my school newspaper and kids would come up to me in the hallway and say, hey, I really liked that. It didn't always happen that way. Like there was one in particular that I talk about in my school visits where I wrote, I wrote something I thought was hilarious and <laughs> everybody in my school thought it was just stupid and idiotic. <laughs> and I got nothing but bad feedback from it. And, but it was a learning experience because I learned something about who my audience was and what they liked and didn't like. And it was, it was educational and it was a little painful. But, you know, setbacks and failures are, are a necessary part of everything. And I think that's one of the big things that's, that's really important to, to impart to kids. Well, in this episode, teachers, I mean, I'm, we're going to provide the link for you after the live broadcast. This is something that I think, you know, sections of this where Jeff is sharing are, is just so important for kids to hear. So I'm, I'm just so excited for you guys to share this and parents, too, with your kids. So, And this is related to what you were just sharing, Jeff. You know, like I mentioned earlier, I feel like your books have this fresh, wonderful perspective and voice. And I think every writer needs to find their voice, like so much in life. It doesn't work if you try to copy 
someone else's voice. You know, you can be influenced by and inspired by how other people write, but finding your own voice is key. And your voice comes through in your writing in spades. I just, I have this, uh, you know, like I said, I have a feeling this episode is going to be a blessing for so many kids. So what I'd love for you to share, Jeff, is what is your best advice for kids in finding their true voice as a writer? And maybe I guess the question is in finding their true voice with anything that they do. That's well, another the big question. Short answer, the, short, the short answer is I actually don't, I don't know how you find your voice except to write as a writer, except to write sort of, you know, from a place of, of honesty, but also from a place of, of, of love and to, and to express kind of, to write the kind of things that you want to see in the world. And, and, and paradoxically, a, a lot of the time, maybe even the majority of the time, that actually starts with mimicking something that someone else wrote. Like those articles that I wrote my, for my high school newspaper, where this was the mid-1980s, and uh, I subscribed to Rolling Stone magazine, and there was a writer in Rolling Stone named P.J. O'Rourke, who would write about like about politics in a very funny way, and most of what I was writing when I was a kid were, were just bad imitations of P.J. O'Rourke. <laughs> and somewhere in there, but it was but it was what I loved, and the, and I I do right. think a lot. I think the way people start as writers, more often than not, is they read something they love so much that they just they they want to do that themselves, and and so what what initially will come out frequently is, is, is imitative of that thing that they love. And I think that's totally fine. And yeah. if you just keep doing it, eventually you're going to find, you know, you're going to find your own voice within that. Because the reason that you love that thing is because it spoke to you on some level. So right. That, so that there, there will be, even, even, even in early things that, you, that are imitative of other people, you're gonna, there's going to be some kernel of that that is your authentic voice. And, and the more you do it, the, the, the stronger it'll develop. I love that. Oh, it's like what I was saying, you know, um, you can be influenced by and you can absorb things that you love into your heart and soul and then find your way of expressing those things. And you will. And like you said, failure becomes a part of that. And that's okay. And it's okay to know that, oop, this one bombed. But I learned X, Y, Z from that. And now the next thing I write or the next thing I do or the next skateboarding jump or whatever it is that you love is going to be even better because I, I bombed that time. It's okay. I love that, Jeff. So just in one minute here, I can't believe this time has zoomed by so quickly, but in one final minute, what final message would you like to share with all of our amazing parent and teacher and kid Right Road friends listening here with us? Oh, my gosh. Uh, <laughs> do, do what you love and be patient with the process, I think. And the, the patience is really important because it's not, it's not always, it's, it's, I want to say it's not always easy, but it's almost never easy. It's actually yes. really, it's, it's really hard. Like even, you know, today I've been, I've been a professional writer for like 25 years. It's hard to get started in the morning. And, and a lot of days I start and I'm like, oh, this is terrible. I'm just not good at this. And, and I have to push through that. And I also yeah. have to resist the kind of temptation to get distracted and just, you know, wind up reading political news on Twitter all day. But, yes. Uh, it's, you know, anything that is worthwhile comes with a certain amount of sacrifice. Because, yes. it's, you know, if, it, particularly if you're in a creative field, it, it's, it's not always fun. To, you know, but the, 
the, the net result of it is incredibly worthwhile, but the process yes. itself, there are times when I love it, and there are times when it's really just hard, because it, it's work. And, well, and, and that, it's, but it's then you find that, that stuff. yes, pushing it's through it, and then you get to that groove. Yes. Oh, my gosh. That's, that's so perfect. So, I, I, I wish we could have a whole other hour here because I have so many more questions, but I've, we've got to kind of wrap up here, Jeff. So thank you so much. I mean, I just can't say it enough. You're an extraordinary blessing. You know, every work that you put out there, and I know that everything that you've shared here tonight is going to be just a lasting blessing for folks around the country and around the world. And I want to make sure you guys all know you can connect with Jeff for his school visits, and to see all of the awesome books available that he's written at his website. And that is jeffrodkey.com. That's G-E-O-F-F-R-O-D-K-E-Y.com. So thank you so, so much, Jeff. I just, oh my, we'll have to do a follow-up here so we can dive into even more of this. You are awesome. Great. Well, thanks (laughs) for having me on. This was a whole lot of fun. Oh, I'm so glad. And I I just know everything you shared is just really going to be impactful for kids, parents, and teachers. So thank you, Jeff. And as I always like to do, thank you, oh my gosh, so much too, to our amazing On the Right Road sponsors, Right Road Kids, Right Road Productions, Nair and SeatSack, the Southern California DCH Audi, Honda, Ford, Lexus, and Toyota car dealerships and their support companies, Lori Stinas and our Keller Williams real estate team, and of course, Mo Anderson on behalf of Keller Williams and her extraordinary A Joy-Filled Life book. And you guys, a reminder to mark your calendars for Sunday, July 28th. That's our next live on the Right Road show date. And the topic is going to be one that so many of you have been asking me to do a show about, and that's helping our kids develop grit and determination. So mark your calendar for Sunday, July 28th. And you guys, now I have a huge bonus on the Right Road gift opportunity. This is a huge. It's one of my On the Right Road email giveaways and wait until you hear what I have. First of all, remember when, I think a lot of you remember when Nair had awesome big boxes of number two pencils a couple of years ago. Well, guess what? They just recently offered pencils again and I have 15. I had 10, but I'm adding five more. I'm going to go purchase five more because Jeff answered those first 10 questions in less than or in about two minutes. So I've got 15 250 count cartons of top quality pencils to give away here tonight. I just thought this would be such a perfect thing to give on tonight's show with Jeff being here and his heart to encourage kids to find their passions, including those for writing. Plus, I'm going to add seven $500 Nair school supply gift packs. Plus, I'm going to add three 25-count seat sets, school supply pouch sets, and those are made of the best sturdy canvas material that will last all school year long and beyond. So to enter for all of these gift drawings, just email me at, and here's my email address. If you get our Right Road emails, it's the same email that you get them from. It's heypaula, that's H-E-Y Paula, at rightroadkids.org, that's H-E-Y-P-A-U-L-A, at right, R-I-G-H-T, road, R-O-D-K-T roadkidskids.org, jot pencils in the subject line so I can see at a glance that you're entering. And by jotting pencils, you'll be entered for all the pencils and the seat sack school supply pouches and the $500 Nair school supply gift pack drawings, okay? And then in, in the body of the email, 
include your school, city, and state, so we know you're an educator, and also include your home address in the body of the email, because remember, we're now in summertime gift delivery mode. So quickly, again, just email me at heypaula at rightroadkids.org, jot pencils in the subject line, and then in the body of the email, include your school, city, and state, and your home address. Okay, that's it. This huge giveaway will be open until 8 p.m. Pacific, 11 Eastern tonight, and we'll draw the 25 names at random from all complete entries for the gifts, and we'll announce all 25 of the recipients, 15 for the pencil cartons, three for the seat sack pouches, and seven for the $500 school supply gift packs. We'll announce them all on our Right Road Kids Facebook page this coming Tuesday afternoon. Huge thanks to Nair and Seat Sack and Lori Stinas and her Keller Williams Real Estate team and to Mo Anderson on behalf of Keller Williams Realty and her amazing A Joy for Life book for helping to make this gigantic giveaway possible. And as I always like to do, I've got a couple of nuggets from my heart that I'd like to share with you kind of in closing here tonight that you can take with you into the week and into the rest of the summer. Number one, it's never too late or too early to discover what you love doing, and to succeed at it. I found many of my callings relatively early in my life. When I first started the nonprofit Right Road Kids, I was 27 years old, and I honestly didn't think anything of my age, but I remember my best friend telling me at the time that I was very young, to be starting a nonprofit and to have such a clear and big calling. And I actually started feeling a lot of my passions and purpose when I was a kid. Uh, When I was 12, my parents got divorced, and that's when I started writing songs. And I just felt this strong calling to share my music in a way to help bring caring and understanding into the world. And long story, but my music ended up being a part of how I founded Right Road Kids. Uh, And just listening to God's calling has been a huge part of my life for as long as I can remember. And because of how I really felt purpose, even as a kid, I really have a heart to make sure to listen to kids and to recognize their giftings and to uplift them in following their passions, just like Jeff and I talked a lot about tonight. Because those things on their hearts, they're not pie in the sky. I mean, kids are called just like we as adults are called. And one of the saddest things is seeing a child's heart and calling squelched by an adult who doesn't see or understand that and so puts a child down for doing what they love. That child's passion may be lost to the world. And I mean, what an absolute tragedy that is. It goes to show, like we were talking about tonight, just how important everything we say to kids really is. And on the flip side, what I've realized as the years have gone by is that I'm still finding new things I love to do, like this radio show that I I just realized it's nearing its fifth anniversary, you guys. And I'm now in my 50s, and I've learned that it's never too late to add something you love to your life's success. And this might sound silly, but uh, the poster for tonight's radio show is a perfect example. It's a small thing I know, but each week just before a show, I hand draw a poster for that episode. It just gives me a chance to take a breath and focus and express myself. And I always include you know, the poster in the pre-show picture we post on our Right Road Kids Facebook page tonight, there in case you want to see it. <laughs> now, I would not call myself an artist by any means, <laughs> but I do find joy in my little bits of drawing. And that's what I think this finding success at what you love is all about, finding and feeling that joy in what you're doing. And all this, again, to say that it's never too late or too early 
to find success at doing what you love in little things like the posters and in the big things like this radio show. So whatever your age, you guys, keep on keeping on. There's only one of you in the world. You are called to greatness. Each one of us is called to greatness. And because there's only one you, that's how much your success in doing what you love and sharing it with the world matters. And how awesome is that, right? And related, my second nugget, we each need to determine our own definition of success. And we have to go with our heart and our gut in determining, you know, in terms of working at being at successful at what we love doing. So I really encourage you not to base your success on someone else's definition of it. Look for that joy to overflow from your heart and soul. And when it does, in some way, shape, or form, you have found success at doing something you love. It doesn't mean, like Jeff said, that all the parts of your doing what you love journey will be things you love. For me, the accounting piece of nonprofit is rough. You know, just in terms of my soul's happiness, to say the least, it's not my favorite thing, but it's part of the big picture. So I keep that in mind when doing that part of what's involved in what I love, and it makes a difference. And I truly believe that your heart and your joy meter will let you know in your life when, you know, when you're experiencing success and if you're on the right road. So really listen to what I call that joy meter in your heart and your soul, and it will guide you well. When that joy meter is going off, that's success. Cool, right? And on that note, I just, I hope every second here this evening has been a blessing and an inspiration for you and that it will stick with you and really be an encouragement and support on your road to success at doing what you love and sharing it with the world. And one of the things that I love doing is giving to you amazing educators. So here's On the Right Road Facebook giveaway number three for tonight. Remember to check our Right Road Kids Facebook page Tuesday afternoon for the long list of recipients from all of tonight's pre-show and live broadcast giveaways, okay? Because we're in summertime gift delivery mode. Each recipient will need to connect with us in order to receive their gift. So we know your home address, okay? But don't worry about that till Tuesday. Okay, so this giveaway number three for tonight, it's open to all educators in the U.S. listening to On the Right Road right now. This is so awesome. This is our officially our free Scholastic Book Fair on the air that I've been sharing about. I have 41 four-pack Scholastic book sets to give away here this evening. The books are all brand new from Scholastic, and I have books for all ages, pre-K, all the way up through high school. So there will be 41 teacher recipients, and each will receive a four-count set of brand new Scholastic books, and each set is valued at approximately $30. So to enter, go to our Right Road Kids Facebook page right now as you're listening. Just follow those simple entry guidelines in the giveaway post. Remember to include tonight's code word SUCCEED as part of your entry comment, even if you included it in tonight's earlier giveaways, okay? And for this giveaway, also include the grade and reading level of the kids you teach. That way, we'll best be able to match each recipient with a reading level appropriate gift pack of books that will fit best for their students. And this is going to pop right up. It should be up there on our Right Road Kids Facebook page right now. It'll be open until just after the end of the show, till 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 Eastern tonight. And we'll announce the 41 recipients on our Right Road Kids Facebook page this coming Tuesday afternoon. Mountains of thanks to teacher Melissa Smith from Spooner, Wisconsin for helping us place the big scholastic order.
Twitter, and also to Lori Stinas and her Keller Williams real estate team, and of course to Mo Anderson on behalf of Keller Williams and her wonderful A Joy-Filled Life book for helping to make this extraordinary giveaway possible. Once again, tons of thanks to Jeff Rodkey for being my extraordinary guest this evening, and thank you all so very much for listening and being a part of the Right Road family. Blessings, love, and light to every single one of you. In case you missed any part of this evening's show or would like to share it with family and friends or your kids, this episode will be available to listen to or download for free. And in case you missed the big bonus email giveaway for the pencils and the seat sack gift sets and the $500 Nair School Supply gift packs, I'll actually post the link to this show on our Right Road Kids Facebook page within about a half hour after we wrap up here, okay? So you can listen again for that if you didn't have a pencil and paper at the time. And, of course, watch for the Click and Listen giveaway for this episode on our Right Road Kids Facebook page next weekend. Remember that the next Live on the Right Road show will be here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel on Sunday, July 28th. And in between our Live on the Right Road broadcasts, you can always connect with us on our Right Road Kids Facebook page and via our website at rightroadkids.org. Hey, you guys. Always remember that you are special, appreciated, and loved. Until next time, Sunday, July 28th at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Be that daily, positive, bold, empowered inspiration for the kids in your life and live your best, most amazing life on the right road. Wishing all of you and your kids mountains of success at doing what you love. I love you all. Thank you for listening to On the Right Road with your host, Paula Phillips. Connect with us anytime at www.rightroadkids.org or at Right Road Kids on Facebook. And we'll catch you again here every first and third Sunday of the month at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on the Right Road. Right Road.